0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey,
1: everybody. It's Dan. Welcome to our Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. It's the whole crew today. Doug Lake, Mary Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, Ashley Bastock, and I. And we're just talking about the news of the day, the uh, COVID outbreak that's going on with the Browns. Of course, Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield among the players and coaches added Uh, or who tested positive for COVID, I should say. Uh, We get into that. We talk a little bit about whether the NFL should consider moving the game. We talk about our confidence level in the game, and we even get into a little bit if it's a must-win game. Now, if you're not a Football Insider subscriber, you have been missing out over this week of of just big, breaking news because we've got stories on Cleveland.com slash Browns that only Football Insider subscribers can get access to. We've been texting our subscribers with updates and information as it happens. And, of course, we have that newsletter going out every day that's written by a member of our Browns reporting. So sign up to be a Football Insider subscriber. Go to cleveland.com Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get your info and get signed up. All right, let's do this. Our Thursday Orange and or Brown Talk podcast. Here we go on our Thursday podcast. We're recording this at about 8.15 on Wednesday. Uh, I actually called this the Friday podcast. We're restarting this. My days are all off with this Saturday game with all the COVID stuff. Uh, Every day kind of feels the same right now. And Mary Kay, it feels like 2020 again. Uh, Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski, the big news today going on the COVID-19 list. Uh, Eight more people added. Well, eight people testing positive. Six players added. Two coaches: Ryan Cordell, the other coach, John Johnson, one of the other key names. Malik McDowell, also one of the key names. Let's just start here. I I always kind of like to hear this, Mary Kay. What was your like when the news happened, and we're frantically writing it and reporting it? What was your reaction?
2: You know, my first reaction was, "Oh my goodness, they're." they're going to lose this football game and, (laughs) and they're not going to make the playoffs because of COVID. I mean, that is the first thing that came to my mind. And I'm sure that is what came to the minds of so many other people in the city of Cleveland. Like, Oh my God, here, the Cleveland Browns, they go out and they beat the Ravens and now they're getting sacked by COVID and what is going to happen in this game. And so that, that was my initial reaction that, Uh, You know, yesterday I wrote a column saying that I still thought they could beat the Raiders because they still had their whole entire, most of their entire defense intact, you know, but now to be down uh, a couple of more defensive guys in John Johnson three and Malik McDowell, uh, coupled with Tack McKinley, and then you take your quarterback out and, and now I, you know, I don't feel nearly as strong about them winning the game as I did yesterday, Uh, But as the day went along, I, you know, I made a list of all the guys that are still going to be available for the game. And I still think it's possible.
1: Anybody else have some kind of reaction, some sort of like, what is going on? I mean, Ashley, you weren't covering this team last year. So so you're kind of getting a taste of, of what this was like.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine having to do this for an entire season like you guys did it last year. And I know you said there were, And just from watching them last year, I mean, I know there were pockets last year, but it just seems like this morning we get the news about Kevin Stefanski and it's like, okay, that's not great. Kind of like what Mary Kay was saying it like as more names get announced though. And then it's like, oh yeah, now Baker also has it. And oh yeah, here's these like five other guys who also have it today. So yeah, I mean, my initial reaction was kind of like Mary Kay's that I was like, oh my gosh, like this is not looking good for Saturday in a game that is pretty must win considering the AFC playoff picture. Um, So I just think like overall, it was just kind of like, wow, this is very unfortunate. That something that they really have no control over right now could play such a big impact in, in their season. But I know Dan, you and I talked earlier today and it's like, or I think yesterday on the pod, even that they haven't given themselves any room for error really here. Like, there's certain games that you know we may look back on after this and be like man like if they just beat the Steelers on Halloween or or whatever the case may be because this is something out of their control but then it becomes about okay but what could they control before this
1: yeah I I think there's there's going to be some regrets when we look back on this season if they do come up short in the playoffs which I mean look Mary Kay you said it they could still win this game and I don't think it's necessarily over if they lose this game Doug what, what did you think I don't know why it's happening in
3: Cleveland and it's happening to the Rams and it's happening to Washington, but it's not happening to this degree to other teams in the league right now. That's the most confusing part of this to me. And listen, while it feels like last year, again, like I'm not the medical conversation is not an interesting conversation. It's a football conversation, (laughs) but it's the, it's how the league is, handling this and i know last year they were like hey the broncos you don't have any quarterbacks tough noggies well and then we found out that the broncos were sitting violating rules sitting in a quarterback room unmasked and they all gave it to each other and what but like we're at a different point with the virus and the ways to mitigate the virus and so i do think that com- the more again i'm talking medical here's the deal we have ways it's not there are things in place to help us be, have a better idea that we're not risking the health and safety of players who are testing positive. That's not really the conversation. No, that's not what people talk about, right? They're talking about, oh my gosh, are these guys going to be hospitalized? So then it's okay to talk about competitive balance because it's sports. And if competitive balance doesn't matter, and if winning games doesn't matter, then why are we having seasons at all? It's okay for sports to be important. So in a world where the, the Browns have 14 guys on the list right now, is that right? Is that the right number? It's fifteen.
4: There's eighteen altogether if you count when guys for practice,
1: practice squad. When you count, okay. Yeah. And David Njoku might be coming off tomorrow. So
3: way in the teens, I'm looking at another national list. Washington has 16, and the Rams have 13. The Giants have seven. Detroit has six, and everybody else has like five, three, one, zero. That is competitive imbalance that nobody has an answer for. Like, why did the Browns do something wrong? Did the Rams do something wrong? Did Washington do something wrong? Oh, it's just bad luck. It's just bad luck that half your starters are out because not necessarily because they're sick with the virus, but because of the protocols around it. I think the league is. This whole virus thing, we talk about the science, you try the science, trying to catch up to or stay ahead of the virus. I'm not sure that the NFL's protocols are currently in line with the reality of the virus. and a world where there happens to be sort of randomly three teams with cases in the teens and a bunch of other teams with one, two, three, five cases and that the NFL is like, that, ah, we're not canceling. No, nope, definitely not canceling out. Ah, what are you gonna do? That doesn't seem right to me. And the idea is like, well, if the Browns didn't wanna have their season ruined by COVID, then they should have won earlier. Is also like not exactly fair. I mean, everybody in the AFC has had lousy games, but only the Browns are missing half their starters this week. That's it's it's where it's a tough spot because health and safety still matters most. But man, it kind of doesn't seem right to me. That's what my reaction is. Like, it doesn't seem fair. I don't know what the answer is, but I think the league is not exactly doing it right because this does not seem fair and
1: it's not equal. Okay, so I mean, let look. Let's have this discussion then. You know Scott I mean do you do you think it's okay that the league is as we're recording this planning to go forward with this game
4: Yeah <laughs> I do I know it it stinks um, I mean what if all 18 of those guys are out and sprain their ankles on Wednesday I mean I just all the coaches are talking about how they're dealing with this the same way they would with injuries and I think that's just the reality of it they they don't have these players um, I I mean, Doug, we're talking before the the pod, like where would that line even be? Um, Is there a number of players who need to be out? Like is there on a piece of paper somewhere in the commissioner's office. Is there a number that says, all right, if they have this, then we'll cancel. I don't know if that exists. I think it's more like, we'll just kind of know it when we see it. And that's when we'll make a decision like that. But I I don't think this is it. Um, And I did think that, Maybe there could be a conversation about moving the game to Sunday, because remember, this was that flex game that could have been either or. And I don't think they really announced it what, until maybe a month ago that it was going to be yeah. on Saturday. It was like
1: early December.
4: Yeah. So maybe I mean, I know it's one day, but that's another day to possibly get guys through testing again. I don't know. Um, might not make a difference at all, but it is a day. And I was thinking that could maybe that's a possibility. Maybe that's a conversation they've had or would want to have, but it doesn't seem like it. Um, but beyond that, I don't, you know, just got to move forward and play with the guys who are out there. Now, Mary Kay,
1: there is another element to this though, too. The NFL is kind of, I don't know if scrambling is the right word, but maybe it is there. There's a chance that they might actually make a change to their protocols kind of based on what's happening in all these markets.
2: Yes, absolutely. The question of course is how fast would they make that change? And I have to think that there our NFL owners meetings going on right now in Dallas and Roger Goodell spoke there and said, you know, there hasn't been any discussion about uh, changing this game. I have to think that the Haslam's are lobbying the NFL like crazy uh, to try to do something about this game, that there has to be something that went wrong in the testing uh, that, that just like Doug said, something isn't right. Something isn't adding up. Now, I don't know if they'll be able to pull a rabbit out of a hat. I don't know if they'll get their Christmas miracle, but I just have to think uh, that there's got to be some uh, stuff going on behind the scenes where somehow uh, the Browns are trying to say, look, this isn't right. Baker says he feels great. Kevin Stefanski says he feels fine. Uh, We've got asymptomatic guys. David Njoku last week was saying that he feels perfectly fine. Uh, So I I don't know. I think they're going to try to find a smoking gun in here somewhere and see if there's anything that they can do about it. And they probably won't be able to because it wouldn't be fair to the other teams that didn't get the rules changed for them. But if uh, if there is any possible loophole that anybody can find to get any of these people back on the field, I'm sure they're doing everything in their power to find it
3: teams that unfair to teams that didn't get the ch- rules changed for them last year. Is that what you mean by that? Or this year?
2: Or I, I guess, or this year, I mean, people have, but, you know, guys have missed games and things have, have happened. And um, you know, I mean, Nick Chubb didn't play, you know, I mean, to change T- the T.J. Rules,
1: T.J. Watt, I believe has missed. there, there have been, yeah. not the mass numbers that we're seeing now. There have been players that have missed games because so, of the, the
2: protocols you know can they push this thing through that they're trying to, to get through will they try to do that i i don't know but i would i would just have to think that when you are in the same city as the commission that uh, you probably be bending his ear a little bit right now to say look this is going to this is going to change the course of the potentially change the course of the cleveland brown season it could mean the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. And, uh, but, and, and some of it just seems odd. Something seems odd. There were time. there was a, I think there was something that happened with one of the New York teams last year. I can't remember it all now, but they had a situation where they like redid all the testing and then it came out where, it, you know, like something happened with the testing company or something. So again, I don't know if there's a, a rabbit in a hat like that, I don't know. I don't know if it's there, but they've got to be looking for it. They've got to be.
3: Because the thing is like, oh, it's like, all right, well, T.J. Watt had to miss a game. I get it. So what would you change the rules for? I don't know. Like, if a team was missing, like, what, like, half its starters? It's like, oh, yeah, okay, that's the Browns. Change the rules. They're missing half their starters, literally. Like, this is the line in the sand. They're in the middle of a playoff race. They're missing half their starters. And what happened last season when we didn't have – medical answers to this stuff and it was like man should you be playing a season at all and they're plowing through and they just put their heads down and plowed through and said everybody deal with their own consequences we know it's a nuts pandemic season that was not the attitude going into this season right we've mitigated a lot of stuff it's not exactly just to put your head down and go kind of season it's okay to pop your head up and say you know what does this make sense because I know what the rules are, but why is Baker Mayfield not playing? Are they protecting Baker Mayfield? Are they protecting the opponents from Baker Mayfield? Are they protecting Baker Mayfield's teammates from himself? For, like, I like what would their answer be to that? And if they don't have an answer to, in a world where you can be triple vaxed, where they're developing drugs that may be available soon for people who get it, where... Yes, there's an Omicron wave that might be coming, but this is a multi-gazillion dollar business and they're asymptomatic that you wouldn't even know they had it if they weren't constantly tested. I'm not saying don't test, but I'm just saying, what, is the, what are your answers to those questions? And if you don't have a clear answer on who are you protecting by Baker Mayfield not playing, then why can't he play? And I, I just don't know exactly what the answer to that question is.
2: Well, one of the things to consider is the fact that you have uh, two things at play here. You don't just have to be the NFL trying to make these decisions. You've got the NFLPA and the NFL uh, that have to collectively bargain any changes to the COVID protocols. So that's just another thing to keep in Mm. mind. Both sides have to feel comfortable with the new rules. And who knows? Maybe Maybe they'll get something pushed through within the next few days. But here's the, here's the other thing. And I've been told this too, just because you are asymptomatic when you first test positive, doesn't mean you're going to stay asymptomatic. So that's something to keep in mind because it wasn't something that I had really thought about. Uh, Some guys have felt okay for two days. And then on day three or day four, five, six, they start to feel kind of bad. So Mm -hmm. The, so the, the medical people will get involved uh, and and discuss those sorts of things. And I mean, and I, I don't, you know, I don't know all of the answers to these things, but I think there is some thought, well, okay, well, if you're testing positive, then, you know, maybe you are an asymptomatic carrier and who's going to want to play football against Baker Mayfield when they know he tested positive and he might be able to transmit the virus. So there's just so much to, that could go into this, um, but And I don't know, you know, I don't know if there is any chance whatsoever that anything can be changed in time for this game. But I would have to think there's hella lobbying going on.
4: Everybody tweets out that they feel fine the day they got tested. And, well, that's usually the case, but it it takes a few days uh, for things to show up. And it may not be severe, but uh, you don't see people tweeting out five or six days into it how they feel. It's always right at the beginning.
1: I, I think, too, like, Doug, like, like you said, we know so much more about this, I think, right? We know more about this than we did this time a year ago than we did in March 2020, right? Like, we know so much more. But at the same time, kind of where we're at now with, you know, Kevin Stefanski telling us he's boosted on Tuesday and testing positive on Wednesday, there's a lot we don't know about that. Um, and I also think, Mary Kay, when you mentioned the NFLPA stuff this is where it gets complicated because it shouldn't be lost on anyone. That Joel Batonio, who is Mm -hmm. BFFs with the union president, Mm -hmm. sat on Zoom yesterday and advocated for daily testing because he basically said, because we're testing once a week, it could be in the building and you don't know it until the following Monday. So that's a complication too, because I'm sure there's a segment of players like Joel and JC, again, the president and his best friend or a very close friend advocating mm-hmm. for daily testing. And then I'm sure there's a segment of players that are out there like, hey, if we don't have symptoms, don't test us at all. So th- this is an incredibly complicated thing. Like you said, Doug, I don't know how much people care about the, the medical side of stuff. And for me, I'm just a guy with a who's on a podcast and has a Twitter account. So I don't know half this stuff but those are the things that are going on i think behind the scenes that they've got to work out
0: i think too a lot of the like frustration that i've seen on social media from you know fans like wondering why it's not even under consideration why this game why why they're not even talking about possibly postponing this game yet is a lot of people still point back to that ravens steelers game from last year that got postponed like what was it two or three times and it wasn't all covid related i don't think but they're like, why that game and not this one that still has playoff implications and it's not a division game. But um, I, I guess I'm just curious everyone else's thoughts on that because I've seen that bubble up on Twitter like a handful of times today.
4: Well, I think they, they had bye weeks to work with at that point. Yeah. They don't have that right now. So they had room to move things around and uh, shift games around. Uh, they did not have to extend the season. Uh, and if they postponed this game, that that's what would happen. And they don't, they don't seem like they want to do that.
1: It should also be noted the Ravens played without a bunch of starters still.
2: Mm-hmm. Robert
1: Griffin started that game. Yeah. So they, they moved it and they accommodated, but they, the Ravens were missing a, a lot of guys.
2: And, and think about this, too. What if they did uh, you know, move it to Sunday? And, and that thought crossed my mind as well. What if you move it to Sunday and Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward test positive on Sunday morning? I mean, yeah. like, you move it to Sunday and then nobody else gets back. And three more guys get added to the list. I mean, right now, it's almost like they either have to postpone it for, you know, just move it out somewhere. I don't even know where they could put it Um, or just get it over with and play with as many guys as you have right now before it gets any worse.
0: Malcolm (laughs) Smith essentially made that point that Mary Kay made just now too. I mean, he got asked point blank today if, if he thought the game should be canceled, and of course, like said, well, that's not my decision, but like, no, it's on the schedule for this week. We've already been preparing for it. Number one, we've had it in our schedule. Like things are still on schedule right now. And who's to say it couldn't get worse, essentially, if you have that extra day where other people could test positive.
4: Yeah. And there, I mean, we're like Dan said, we're recording this on Wednesday night, Thursday, there, there's probably going to be more positive tests. I'm fully expecting that to happen. This isn't Going to just drop to zero all of a sudden. But then to that point, Scott, like you said, we were talking before the podcast, there
3: has to be a line. So there's 18 guys. What if they have 26? (laughs) What if they have 31? What if they have 44? Right? There has to be a line where like, well, they can't play that. Well, what? Like, where's that line?
2: So it's not 18. How many more is it? Well, you know what you, you have to wonder, they are so adamant about not moving a game, not changing a game, no interruptions this year, they're putting it on the teams and they're almost like basically saying, if you have to forfeit a game, it's not like, okay, you're up to 22 now, so let's help you out. I mean, it's like, you are going to forfeit the game and too bad. I mean, they're coming down that hard on teams. And, and who knows, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe they would then start looking into and digging into, you know, was everybody following the protocols and did everybody do what they were supposed to be doing? And, um, you know, did is anybody in any way to blame or at fault here? Was there, I mean, last year when the Browns had the the jets thing, they discovered that there was a, uh, you know, a little hot tub issue and all that kind of stuff. So uh, there, there are just so many things that could, come into play with all of this but there still is part of me, there is a small part of me that has to wonder if they're not going to find that smoking gun, that the testing lab some, something's wrong. Something seems wrong to me and I am not going to rule out that they're gonna find and this is just me this is I, I am not this is not from anything anybody has told me. I just have a feeling that something's wrong with the testing and they're going to figure it out.
3: And if it's not that there's only two other possibilities, right? One is that the Browns have lag been lax in their protocols. And they allowed this spread to happen because they have not been on top of stuff in trying to prevent the spread. And then it's on them or they're cursed, right? It's just bad luck. They did everything right. And they have 11 starters out anyway,
1: and they're cursed. I mean, we're, we're two weeks removed from the bye week and I, you know, I'm curious, let's, let's see. I mean, who had buys this last week? I think Miami had a buy on Sunday. There were like three or four teams that had the last buys of the week. That's, you know, are they going to be dealing with some issues over the next week or two? You know, when, when you're traveling around, when you get away for a few days, the, that could be something to point back to as well.
2: I just think if it were me, I, w- I would be going down that road. I would be investigating what happened with these tests? Were they now, maybe they've closed that loophole and because they have the uh, the rapid tests and they've got the, you know, the PCR test, the overnight tests and all that kind of stuff. So maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there isn't some, hey, we sent it off to this lab and things went completely wrong at the lab. Um, maybe that doesn't happen anymore, but just something feels off about this. And I would be, I'd be at the lab if I were the Cleveland, wherever the, the overnight tests go. I don't know if they're local or if they're out of town, but I'd be all over that lab. I'd be, I'd be investigating what the heck happened. I'm guessing
4: everything is done on site there. Cause I know, uh, they do media testing on site right there too. And yeah,
2: um, yeah. but, and I know they have like two different kinds. Yeah, um, they the, do
4: the, if you test positive,
1: they, you take a second test uh, to verify and. Yeah, it's 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 a complicated procedure.
3: Uh, just real quick to your point, Dan. The other three teams that had the buy the same week as the Browns, Carolina, according to the list I'm looking at. Okay. No, nobody on the COVID list. Packers, nobody on the COVID list. Tennessee, one guy. Okay. So there's it's not a link between hey everybody who had the buy two weeks ago went out and hung out in the community and got COVID.
1: Fair enough. And then there were I think there were three or four teams that had buys this week. Um, or whatever, this last week, the last group of buys. Just right now, your, your confidence level. Mary Kay, you talked about this kind of early in the day. You were like, all right, well, the Browns are going to lose. Um, you know, we know it's, it's probably going to be Mike Prefer on the sideline. Um, Alex Van Pelt calling plays. Case Keenum at quarterback. We were joking before we, we hit record here that that's, that's like the dream scenario for some fans, that they, they're going to have Alex Van Pelt calling plays for Case Keenum in this football game. I'm curious, what is all of your your confidence level right now on like Wednesday night? I
4: was gonna say, if I'm a Browns fan, I, is there a better scenario you could have at backup quarterback? You have a veteran, you have a guy who's been in this situation before and been successful at it, and you have a guy who's been here as long as Kevin Stefanski's been here. Like the. I'm not sure what better scenario you could have. I'm not saying Case Keenum's going to go out and light up the Raiders. I mean, we saw him play against the Broncos, but things could be a lot worse as far as your quarterback goes, for sure.
0: I think Mike Prefer's words today, the great quote was, thank God for Case Keenum. Like, he (laughs) really, really gave him the vote of confidence there. Um, Yeah, I would say, like, I'm not – kind of like what Mary Kay was talking about at the beginning of the podcast. I'm not like as confident as I was yesterday. Like when we had the first batch of positive tests and it hadn't um, I guess affected, impacted the defense as much yet, but I'm also like, well, you still have Nick Chubb. So that's a positive in case Keenum made reference to that today when we talked to him, but we still have Nick Chubb out there that, uh, you know, I don't know how many times they're going to, how many carries they're going to give him might have to be a lot, but Um, that's positive right now. And I guess it it depends on obviously, I think how well the line holds up and everything since that unit was severely, severely impacted, which Scott wrote about yesterday. But, um, I'm, I'm not like totally despondent about their chances. I'll say, I think we're
3: overrating case Keenum,
0: you know, who I'd rather have out there.
3: He hand the ball off to Nick Chubb. He can do that. They're also going to be missing three fifths of their offensive line. Jack Conklin's already gone and Jedrick Wills and Wyatt Teller are out. So good Great. luck. You know who I'd rather have instead of Case Keenum? Tyler Huntley. I <laughs> almost said that. <laughs> but like I, I, I'm gonna take this project on. We're planning to do a Friday pod. I'll come. Uh, where is Case Keenum on the list of best backup quarterbacks in the NFL? Because people still think their backup quarterback is the guy who went 13 and three for the Vikings, however long ago it was. That's not who it is. It's the old guy version of that. I'd rather have Andy Dalton. Like I'd rather there's plenty of guys I'd rather have. Thank God for Case Keaton. Okay, I guess, but like it's he's not magic. So I didn't say it. Mike Prefer did. Well, Mike Prefer <laughs> is is wrong. So like, but that's not that's not where my concern would be. The idea that they're gonna be playing that like Blake Hance is gonna be the line is the biggest
0: concern. I mean, it's yes, be their third far. best like, that's why Thank- I added That caveat in there. Hey. It's the biggest concern by far.
3: Thank God for Blake Hance this is all I have today. Pretty
4: sure, pretty sure Tyler, Hunt, Tyler Huntley lost to the Browns last week. Am I remembering that wrong?
0: Quarterback wins aren't a stat, Scott. Come on.
4: Uh-oh. That's true. That's true. I stand corrected. The Doug, Ravens I, did I, not win with Tyler Huntley at quarterback. Doug, uh, I, have, I have
1: pulled reason. up some backup quarterback situations. I don't know how updated these are, but, yeah. you know, like, there are there are certainly worse options. Atlanta's got like Josh Rosen and Felipe Franks. Uh, let's see, Carolina's a mess. All of Carolina's quarterbacks are a mess. Brandon yes. Allen is Joe Burrow's backup.
4: There are better quarterbacks, Case Keenum, out there for sure. What I'm saying though, or what I was, point I was trying to make is that you have a really good situation in theory with Case Keenum. <laughs> in <laughs> in guys theory, guys we'll
0: together now and, like, putting that into
4: practice. For a long time. You know who knows, but in theory. He's experienced. He's been successful in the situation. He knows the offense. I don't know what more you want.
2: Well, here's another way to look at it. Okay, now Doug is right. the The biggest concern is the fact that you are missing three fifths of your offensive line. So that's not good, obviously. But the Browns do have Nick Chubb. Um, they still have Dearness Johnson, who. Rushed for 146 yards in the the last time that Case Keenum won a football game for this team. Uh, As of right now, they still have Donovan Peoples-Jones. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring yet as we tape this on Wednesday night, but right now they still have Donovan Peoples-Jones. David Njoku has said that he is going to be back, so I think he'll be activated tomorrow. Harrison Bryant is supposed to return to practice. If you're practicing, you're playing. Too bad you're out there. It doesn't matter how your ankle boo-boo feels. You're playing the football game this week too bad so he'll have two good tight ends um, in terms of receivers again if you have Donovan Peoples Jones that's good Rashard Higgins dust him off and get him out there now Case Keenum spent a lot of time throwing to the backup receivers so he had rep after rep after rep with Rashard Higgins and Jamarcus Bradley who by default just so happened to be like Alberia every day so can't.
3: Mary Kay just spread her arms wide when she said Jamarcus Bradley, like you had just won the showcase showdown on the prices. Right.
2: I said he was, he, he was, he was all Barrera as Butch Davis used to say, he was all Berea almost every day. I mean, right. Every, everybody who was there every day at training camp looked up every day and there was Jamarcus Bradley catching a touchdown pass. I mean, Andy you thought he's was-
0: right? He, he was a big factor in that Jets game last year too. He was like the second most targeted guy after Austin Hooper. Who yeah, was, so he's going to you know, look
2: like Odell Beckham yeah. Jr. Yeah. Um, and now, and who knows, maybe Anthony Schwartz, the great Anthony Schwartz, I might add, maybe Anthony Schwartz will be cleared from his concussion for the lone practice of the week tomorrow.
1: Is so- your cat
2: moaning? Is your cat <laughs>
4: moaning in yes. disagreement?
2: The so sorry, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to tell it like it is right now. My cat is in heat, and it, it, it's just bad right now. So the, the I'm cat, sorry.
1: Oh no! The cat is listening to this list of weapons and just can't take <laughs> it anymore. Can't take it anymore.
2: <laughs> I'm very sorry. I just I I also taped a podcast tonight with Colin Cowherd, and Shelby was crying in the background. So on Thursday morning. When the Colin Cowherd podcast hits, Shelby's going to be a big, big star of the pod. I think, <laughs> just like Jamarcus Bradley is going to be in this football game on Sunday. It's going to be that's a
4: case. segue. It's
2: going to be okay. Case yeah. to Jamarcus, Jamarcus. eight catches, 120 yards. If anybody has Jamarcus Bradley uh, on your fantasy team, play him because he's just going to have just a monster game on Sunday.
1: I'm not. A, I'm not as the expert. I think he's probably available on your waiver wire.
4: Yeah.
2: Uh, i'm kidding
1: you know what while while we're sitting here talking about this and we're talking about if the browns are going to win this game we're talking about the offense when this offense is like right when baker mayfield's a quarterback and jarvis jarvis is out there and kareem and nick this offense isn't very good so maybe we should be talking about the defense right i mean mary Kay, you've been making that case that the browns are going to win this game it's not going to be because of their offense anyway I mean, right. have they won a game because of their offense since Cincinnati? That's right. like the one game. It's going right. to be because of that defense. And as of right now, they, they've still kind of got outside of John Johnson. And that's a big one because he's been calling the, he's been wearing the green dots since week two. Outside of John Johnson, they still have most of their core. They've got Miles. They've got Denzel. They've got JOK. We'll see how much of that changes. Jadavian.
3: No it's Troy Hill hurts, defense. no Troy Hill hurts, but yeah, he's but been out other be times out this year.
1: The the one to watch is Greg Newsome because he would he yeah. would play that inside's position. And now you might be stuck with Ronnie Harrison or MJ Stewart playing nickel. But the defense is gonna win this game, just kind of like they've been having to win games for a while now, right?
2: Yes, and I think that the Raiders are kind of a mess right now, and if they don't have Darren Waller. I mean, forget it. It's game over because you still do have Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney and a lot of other good pieces on the defense. And so I do think that they can still win the football game with the strength of their defense, providing they don't lose three more starters. I mean, if they have Miles, Jadavian, and Denzel, that's a pretty good place to start for winning a game.
3: And JOK, OK, yeah, that that's four. Can you hear? can that's that four, that four
1: travels. That's a good group. Yeah. And and Darren Waller didn't, was it estimated today or was it an actual practice for the Raiders? Whatever it was, he he was did not practice for the right. second straight day.
2: Yeah. So that's not looking good for them. And you know, they just don't have all that much. Their running game is not formidable. And uh, I, I still think the defense can prevail.
3: And legitimately, I am looking forward to Alex Van Pelt calling plays. You don't want Kevin Stefanski to test positive for it to have to happen. And I would rather see Alex Van Pelt call plays for Baker Mayfield. But last time Alex Van Pelt had to call plays, he was pretty good at it. So again, we know the science of how they run this offense isn't going to drastically change. But the art changes a little bit with the guy who's making the final decision on the sideline. And so I'm sort of eager to see him.
4: Uh, it's it's easy to look good as a play caller when you keep getting the ball in the other team's territory time and time again. Um, but yeah, I think I, it'll be interesting to watch Alex Van Pelt call plays for sure. But I think a lot of people are expecting him to have his own playbook or something, you know, like he's got a bunch of plays in his back pocket that Kevin Skafanski didn't want him to use. And now he's going to use them because he's out there calling plays. Uh, it's, it's the same playbook. It's the same scheme. It's, it's both guys working the game plan to come up with what they're going to call and the situations in which they're going to call it. Um, but man, if this goes really well and the offense looks good in this situation with Alex Van Pelt calling the plays. Oh boy. I, I just, I, I shudder to think what Twitter is going to look like.
2: And Case Keenum starting at quarterback.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So this will either be a tease
1: for our Friday pod. Doug, you can make the call here or we'll, we'll answer this question now. Is this this is is this a must win? Do we want to save I, that for? Do we want to save that for Friday? is that a, is that a? I think we can or?
3: answer that now. I think we can answer it now because I will say. When the Bears were playing the Packers on Monday night, was it Monday night on Sunday night when the Bears Monday. were playing the Packers? and the bears were kind of right with them there for a while. And the bears are still fairly non-functional a lot of ways. And then listen, Aaron Rodgers came back and was Aaron Rodgers and was flicking stuff off his hip 50 yards. But I thought, well, I think the Browns can hang maybe with this Packers team a little bit. If they can get, if the offense is any more functional and I, their defense is healthy. Like, you know, the Packers are really, really, really good, but, they're not the 85 Chicago Bears. So they got to get to 10 and seven. If they lose this game, can they win their final four games? Man, it'd be hard, but I would not call it a must win, especially because I think, I think to me, there there is a psychological component of this. So if they were at 100% and came out and just lost at home to the Raiders, and we're like, oh my God, now we have to go and win, or I guess, win the last three. Now we have to go win. We have to beat these three but they're going to have every excuse in the world. If they lose, they're going to be like, all right, that sucked. But now, you know, they'll try to rally around it. So if you're going to lose, lose with an excuse, lose with this. So the, I almost think the loss would be less damaging because it would be a COVID loss, not just a blowing it at home loss. So I would say, no, it's not a must must-win.
1: Are, are we sure they need to get to 10 and seven still? Mm-hmm. The tiebreakers, man. I mean, they're just going to lose every tiebreaker. They might they? get those division tiebreakers. So division tiebreakers go head to head, mm-hmm. which they can win over Cincinnati. And then it goes to division record. Now Cincinnati's got a good start there. They're three and one. The Browns are two and two. Pittsburgh's two and two. Um, then it gets into stuff like common games, stuff that, that we can't really figure out right now. I I don't know, because I don't know if Baltimore's gonna win another game.
3: So you mean like the idea that there no team in the AFC North is better than nine and eight?
1: This, this is, is like a bad a, division.
3: There's like a three-way tie at nine and eight, and the, and the Browns win the tiebreaker and get I, in, and, and nobody else gets in. I think division. there's
1: a world where that happens, yes. Well, I, then it's
3: really not a must win. I don't
1: know. That's, that's why, that's why I threw that out down. there. If you think they have to get to 10 and seven, then, then that makes sense. But if you start to talk yourself into, does nine and eight win this division? When you look at everybody else's schedules, when you look at the state that Baltimore's in,
3: mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, know. I mean, listen, they lost a COVID game last year that COVID threatened to blow a hole in their playoff hopes last year. Mm-hmm. And then they came back and won the game the next week they had to win. So
1: they also started four and one last year. They what had do you some mean? Things. They had, I'm just saying they had some. No,
3: no but, but, but the losing to the jets put them in a must win situation right. Right. after that. And then they won.
0: You're right.
3: So like losing to the Raiders here, even if it puts them in a must win situation, well, you got to win your last three. Okay. Go win your last three. And maybe you only have to go two and one. So go do it. Then go do it. Go play your best football of the year. Go finally do it. So I don't think it's a must win. I don't think so.
2: They barely beat the Steelers uh, B team in that finale, though. Which and they was... had
3: they had Robert Jackson in that game, but they no longer do.
1: Yeah, but then they, they smoked the Steelers varsity the next week. Yeah. <laughs>
2: but I don't think it's a must win. I'm a must win purist. My, I, I, do, I don't like the overused phrase. And I like to save it for when you must win this game or you cannot go to the playoffs at all. So I just feel like that needs to be the sanctity of the must win game must be preserved.
1: That's
0: a shirt. Got another design for his rogue t-shirt company. <laughs>
2: If they have to go into the Bengals, you know, if, if the Bengals have to come here in the season, season finale and it's either you make the playoffs or you don't in that game, that's a must-win game.
1: Scott or Ashley, do either of you think this is a must-win?
4: Yeah, I, li- I like Mary Kay's take on dialing back the must-win phrasing, but uh, it's this is a win that like gives them back a little bit of the wiggle room. You, you tweeted out earlier today, Dan, that you thought they'd, you know, they'd kind of lost that with some of their losses earlier the season. But if they win this game, they kind of get some of that back. If they lose it, then that Green Bay game obviously becomes a lot more important. Um, but I do think you're right that the division, to win this division, you might not necessarily have to win 10 games. If the Bengals or Ravens suddenly start winning two, well, then, yeah, 10 wins and a lot of hoping that you're going to come out on the right end of some tiebreakers, then, you know, that's what you're looking at. But to win this division, I could definitely see nine and, what, nine and eight or whatever doing it.
0: Yeah, you know, what's the phrase, Mary Kay, that you kept using last week about how for, like, two weeks straight, everything was coming up Browns for what they needed to happen to help them in the standings and to help, him, help them
2: in I some it. of tiebreakers? them. He jinxed them. So- I jinxed them. I <laughs> so- jinxed them. Yeah, everything's coming up Browns. Yes. And then was the bubonic plague hit.
0: <laughs> maybe we repeat it like three times into the mirror and that reverses the curse and all the tests come back negative tomorrow. So uh, we can all get off the pot and do that. But I, I mean, I do think like they got maybe some wiggle room there, hopefully, <laughs> like in terms of the standings, who knows this division is so weird. The AFC is so weird. It's all so weird. I feel like I never know what's going to to happen and i'm starting to think that's not just me being the new person on this beat it just is because everything is strange this year and the other thing about this is i mean i hope
3: nobody in the nfl ever tests positive for covid again but we see it happening there are three teams in the teens right now and if this is where society is headed with this new round of the virus then there might be some other teams that are going to have their games jacked up in the last month right when they're going to have not much wiggle room so Maybe the Browns get this out of the way. And then all of a sudden somebody else is dealing with the same thing.
0: That's like my thing. Like, so in that context, it's like, this isn't a must win game. And I really like Mary Kay's definition. I will be stealing that from now on (laughs) when I hear that phrase, but it's like, this isn't a must win necessarily. It's a win and you give yourself some leeway game.
1: Yeah. And you know, obviously the, the whole COVID thing, nobody can predict this stuff. Nobody can plan for it. But it just kind of goes with like like with the whole everything's coming up Browns idea. The NFL, even in normal times, will just throw you a curveball. Like that's that's just the nature of the league. Now, of course, this is like an absolute extreme, and like nobody expected this, nobody saw this coming. But this is just what the NFL does to teams, (laughs) and in the most normal year ever, just something zany happens at some point in an NFL season. And for the Browns, this is about as. Maybe uh, Zany's a little flippant, but this is about as, as weird as it gets, I think, at, at this point.
2: I mean, the, the, uh, the Raiders have lost five of their last six games. Now, in that, they lost twice to the Chiefs, but they got killed by the Chiefs. I mean, killed, right? Including the, whatever, 48-9 loss in their last game. This is a broken football team they're playing. So... It's almost like, you know, the Browns are broken with COVID, but the the Raiders are just broken with 16 other things. I mean, coach, fire, receiver, everybody knows what's going on. You know, Darren Waller not playing. I mean, it's a broken, broken Raiders team. They just got their butts kicked. Then they have to go in a short week and come all the way to Cleveland. And uh, there was no doubt in my mind they were that the Browns were winning that game before, before this COVID crisis. And I still think that they're going to win this game. Cause I just don't think the Raiders have enough going for them right now.
1: The, the one thing that does make me nervous. though, as we shift to the emotions podcast before we're done here is <laughs> like, if, if the Raiders were kind of done, but now they're kind of seeing all this stuff and they're sitting there thinking, huh, maybe we can go steal one here. And then we'll be, then we'll be ahead of the Browns in this, you know, like if it just gives them that little glimmer of hope that that's the one thing that, that kind of gives me pause. Like maybe they were ready to mail it in and now they're looking at all this stuff and they're like, oh, wait a second here. This is, this is an opportunity. And like,
2: I, I professional like football Derek-
4: players. They're not mailing <laughs> in anything.
2: I, I do like Derek Carr. I mean, Derek Carr is, is a very, very good quarterback with a, a really great arm. I just don't think he has enough around him a lot. He's getting sacked a lot, a ton. Uh, I just don't think he has enough around him to make, to pull this off, even with everything going on here.
1: Okay. I think we're set. We're going to be back uh, Friday. We are going to do sort of a a game preview. It's going to be a little bit different than than what we normally do, because who knows what's going on. And in that preview, I'm going to ask the question that this is Derek Carr's audition. Not really oh my god what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) not really we'll save that for the offseason okay that'll do it for this edition of the orange brown talk podcast for doug mary kay ashley and scott i'm dan thanks for listening everybody